Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area And your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a, a chilly Wednesday morning here in the countryside, Bob and Jill with you at the shank of the day to look at the chores on Wax 104.5, and I have to apologize, I am delinquent. I had the, every bit the best intention of being over at Culver's on Gulf Road between 4 and 7 yesterday to eat and help out the Eau Claire 4-H Leaders Association. After I left here, I got doing some chores and never thought about it again. So shame on you for not calling me. Well, it's hard to call you when I'm sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true. We're both kind of trying to get over colds here that uh, probably uh, yours truly brought in. But, uh, yeah, missed that. Hopefully a lot of people did show up because, uh, again, a good benefit. uh, Thanks to Culver's for doing those sorts of things that they do all the time to Help uh, well, farming, 4-H, FFA, they, they wonderful organization that, that helps out uh, rural Wisconsin. And hopefully the uh, 4-H leaders in Eau Claire County made some money last night. Unfortunately, none of it came from me. All right, don't forget, H&S Manufacturing, today's the last day, right? Yes, it is. To vote for the Loadmaster 2X from H&S Manufacturing in the coolest thing made in Wisconsin competition they're up against three other uh, items that are made in Wisconsin. But uh, today you can vote one more time, October 19th. That's today, the deadline. And how do they vote, Jill? How do people vote? I already did for today. Oh, I didn't do mine today. I will, I'll get to that. Actually, what I do is I pull it up, H&S, on Facebook, and there's a link right there. Or else you can Google it on your computer. And it pull up H&S, and there's a link that lets you vote right there and... It's Get it on cool. today. One person, one vote per day. Madeinwisconsin.com. The link, at, as Joe said, the H&S Facebook and Instagram pages. I'm not sure how long it'll be before we find out what the results are, but uh, let's get a whole bunch of votes in for the H&S Manufacturing Loadmaster 2X as the coolest thing made in Wisconsin. We'll have more on the FFA. Uh, FFA has announced a new uh, leader 
for the FFA organization. Plus, speaking of leaders, we're going to talk to one this morning. We are. We're going to talk to Courtney Zimmerman. She's a national officer from section from the central section. And I sat down on the couch and we talked about national convention and what she's excited about seeing. And she's already there in Indianapolis, isn't she? She is. She went last Tuesday down to Indianapolis. So she'll get her fill of Indianapolis by the time the convention comes and start till twenty sixth or something like that. So. Jill, of course, uh, is uh, Courtney's aunt, and a little conversation about what uh, to expect at the National FFA Convention down there in Indianapolis. And we'll also, uh, well, we had more bird flu in the state. It's National Co-op Month. That continues. Lots to talk about today. We've got 24 degrees right now. We're going to tell you more about that weather. We'll tell you about a place that's going to be fun in February, too. California, here we come. Hi, I'm Bob Bosol, inviting you to join me on a trip to Northern California and see lots of agriculture and lots more in California. The tour, February 10th to the 18th, will experience the uniqueness of California's vibrant cities and diverse agriculture. We'll start our adventure in San Francisco with a cable car ride and a cruise on San Francisco Bay. Next, relax on board a train as we take in the beautiful scenery of Napa Valley. But we'll see the diverse agriculture culture of California as well. The Yolo Land and Cattle Company, Olive Oil Farm and Tour, the Hillmar Cheese Factory, a dairy farm. We'll also visit the California Redwoods and the Winchester Mystery House. So much to see and do. Visit HolidayVacations.com keyword wax to learn more about this tour and watch a free travel show or call them at 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Now we'll be going to that World Ag Expo in Tulare, too. We'll be spending about a half a day there. We're uh, going to go besides the dairy farm and almond farm. We'll watch them. Uh, well, I don't know if we will or not, but we'll find out how they milk almonds. So uh, it's going to be fun in February. So uh, come on along. It's filling up. So make sure you call Holiday right away. Today, 44 for the high. A little bit warmer than yesterday, but not much. But the big thing, not as windy. It'll be a partly sunny day. 53 tomorrow, then warming up. 65 on Friday, Saturday 70, Sunday 73. And uh, partly sunny skies all those days. Then Monday, I guess we get a little bit of a change. Chance of rain, 64 degrees. So it's going <laughs> to... It's going to be pretty nice temperature-wise. So you got about four or five more days to get more harvesting done and more rain. It looks like on Monday and Tuesday, 60, let's see, 24 degrees right now. I was looking. Toma caught my attention. It's only 15 degrees right now in Toma, 24 right here in Eau Claire. On a Wednesday morning in Wax, 24 degrees, about 44 today. Not as windy, partly sunny, and warming up. 50s tomorrow, 60 on Friday, 70s on Saturday and Sunday, back to the 60s on Monday with more rain. Hey, it's uh, 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX. So, Claire, how about some news? NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. The U.S. will release 15 million barrels of oil from its strategic oil reserve. The Biden administration is set to announce the plan on Wednesday. The barrels are the final group of 180 million announced in March, with energy prices once again rising. Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio and Democratic challenger Representative Val Demings are done debating in Florida's U.S. Senate race. Now, as a police detective who investigated cases of rape and incest, no, Senator, I don't think it's okay 
for a 10 year old girl to be raped and have to carry the seed of her rapist. The candidates sparred over everything from abortion to the purchase of assault rifles. But what makes no sense is that we're going to actually pass laws that only law-abiding people will follow and criminals will continue to violate. Polling shows Rubio leads by about five percentage points. Florida is reporting an increase of people infected by flesh-eating bacteria following Hurricane Ian. The State Department of Public Health reports a record of 65 cases, including 29 in hard-hit Lee County. 11 people have died from the bacteria, typically found in warm and brackish water. Health officials say sewage getting into flooded waters could have caused the spike. A new report says people of color are more likely to be hospitalized with the flu and less likely to get the vaccine. CDC researchers studied flu hospitalizations and vaccine rates since at least 2010 and found hospitalization rates for black patients were about 80% higher than for white patients. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Weather's getting better, a little warmer today than yesterday and not quite as windy. So we'll have about 44 degrees, that partly sunny condition again. And then 53 tomorrow, 65 on Friday, 70 on Saturday, 73 on Sunday. All under partly sunny, partly cloudy conditions. A nice moon laying out there, a quarter of a moon out there this morning. So kind of pretty. And then Monday, we get back to a chance of rain. 64 on Monday, but again, 44 today. Rice Lake and Medford Bowl and Marshfield all at 24 degrees this morning. Wausau, very pleasant, 33. La Crosse at 27. Green Bay also at 33. Madison and Sun Prairie at 32. Milwaukee at 36. Toma, one of the cold spots, 15 degrees this morning. It's 24 right now here in Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at the market numbers, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. Jill, the livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 138 to 155 with mixed at 111 to 136. Choice fed beef heifers are 137 to 151 with mixed at 117 to 136. Choice fed Holstein steers are 120 to 147 with select and silage fed steers 80 to 120. Cows are 63 to 101. Bulls are 72 to 102. Butcher hogs are 70 to 86 with sows at 51 to 71 with a top of 77. Boars are 18 to 22. Shorn market lambs are 102 to 112. No quote on the unshorn market lambs. Feeder lambs are 105 to 205. Ewes are 60 to 97. Small goats are 25 to $200. Medium goats are 70 to $245. Large goats are 75 to $350. And nanny goats are 55 to $260. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures higher again yesterday at the close. October live cattle, 148.47, up 60. December, 149.77, up 57. February also up 57, closing at 152.77, and April cattle up 60 at 156.12. Feeder cattle in November contract 177.82 at the close, up a dollar 42. January 179.20 up a dollar 95. March up a dollar 97 at 180.92 in April. 
up a dollar ninety at one eighty four ninety. Lean hog carcass contracts December eighty six forty seven up a dollar fifty two. February up a dollar eighty two at eighty seven eighty. April ninety one seventy five up two fifteen. And May hogs ninety five ninety seven up two oh seven. Board of Trade prices lower yesterday and uh, mostly overnight. Uh, the harvest pressure, shipping challenges, the uh, Mississippi River drying up, unfortunately, in places. Overnight, December corn down a fraction at 680 after a down day yesterday. Oats up three at 390. The December wheat up a nickel overnight, 854. November soybeans down three at 1368. And meal down a dime, $401.70. Barrel cheese up a penny. At two nineteen, the blocks holding at two oh five. Butter up three and a quarter at three twenty a pound. October class three down two at twenty one seventy four. November up fourteen at twenty seventy. December down fourteen at nineteen seventy one. January down twenty at nineteen sixty. And February class three down twenty one at nineteen seventy five. And prices mostly lower out through next summer. What's going on with the energy markets on our provision partners co op? With program today, we're going to talk with Isaac and find out. Isaac, of course, is the energy manager with Provision Partners. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. What's really happening with energy supplies around the country and around the world? We're going to talk about that today on our Provision Partners program with Isaac Brown. And Isaac is the energy specialist with Provision Partners. And let's take a worldwide look we kind of know what's going on domestically, but around the world, who are the players and how much are they playing, so to speak? So, OPEC, if you look at them, they're going to be cutting production here in November. They've already not been meeting their quotas, so we're expecting that to drop even further, forcing the crude oil barrel to likely rise going forward. Um, you know, in Europe, we're seeing a lot of demand now. We're coming into the heating season. Uh, you know, they've been cut off from one of their biggest suppliers in Russia. Um, so they're going to be needing a lot of diesel fuel imported into the country this uh, this heating season. You know, fuel oil furnaces, I'm sure a lot of people out there have those. Um, obviously, farms all across the world right now, uh, you know, harvesting grain, harvesting all kinds of different uh, things out there that are ready to go. You know, a lot of shipping to the terminals and transporting of, of products all around so i mean there's a really high demand right now uh you look going forward beyond november maybe that tapers off a bit when we get into pretty much just the heating oil type season but you know right now is is it's understandable that we're seeing this really large spike do i think it should be five dollars a gallon no but um you know, expect to see this maybe be a little bit more prolonged than the last spike. Um, but I, I don't believe right now is going to be the most opportune time to contract for next year. I mean, we're we're seeing these futures going out into next year dropping over a dollar into April, May, and June. So, I mean, farmers and truckers and everyone out there, you know, be patient. Uh, I really think this is going to be something where it's going to be advantageous for you to work with your energy specialist, you know, at your co-op or your local mom-and-pop shop, and uh, just look at getting something booked here probably sometime between December and February. I mean, I'm thinking we're going to see 
lows come there when this uh, harvest diesel demand has finally waned away and um you know we see see some other things possibly you know a resolution to the war in ukraine and um you know that that's going to be the best time to probably be talking to your person like me isaac as we look at you mentioned earlier the saudi arabia the oil producing countries over there their oil cuts is that real 2 million barrels a day? And I understand the Chinese are also involved in this energy industry more than they used to be, right? Yeah, so, I mean, interesting point there. You know, Saudi Arabia and OPEC, they actually haven't been meeting their quotas. So there's a good chance that this 2 million is, is overblown in a way that, you know, if they're not meeting their quotas already, what does it really mean that they're going to be cutting more? Is it actually going to be 2 million barrels? Or or is this maybe not going to have as large of an impact on supply as previously advertised? And then, yeah, you look, you look towards China, and uh, they've started, you know, additional production now. Their demand's been down because they've been locked down. They have a zero COVID policy there. Their economy has stalled. So what did they start doing? They started buying, producing, and exporting larger amounts of diesel fuel and refined products like gasoline. So, I mean, that added player in the market could also give us some alleviation from, um, you know, these higher prices. And, uh, again, your recommendation as far as booking fuel, fertilizer, hang on just a little bit, or should we go forward to the fertilizer and, and wait on the heating oil? What are you saying? Well, you know, I mean, with fertilizer, it, it can be very closely tied to the uh, refined fuels market, you know, just based on where cracks are and everything, nitrogen production from refineries. Um, you know, I think it's best to work with your agronomist on that. Um, but, you know, typically higher crude barrels mean that um, you're going to have higher fertilizer prices. Right now, you know, we're hanging right around that $90 barrel, which just doesn't seem conducive for a $5 gallon of diesel fuel. It, it seems overbought to me. So my um, my opinion on this, and, and you can't completely hold this to me, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see a cyclical low that comes here after, you know, the 1st of December going forward into January and February there. I mean, we still have a lot of time, folks. Um, you know, most demand doesn't pick up again until April. And uh, I just don't want people to end up getting hung out to hung out to dry, you know, with four four dollar and fifty cent, you know, diesel fuel for all of next year just because of a panic purchase. Keep an eye on the markets. Isaac Brown, energy director at Provision Partners Cooperative, and he said uh, talking about oil, ninety dollars a barrel. I just looked in November crude oil yesterday traded. Down two dollars and sixty six cents a barrel, so that oil price eighty two dollars and eighty cents a barrel. That's a pretty good stroke away from ninety dollars. Isaac Brown with us on our Provision Partners Cooperative Program. We'll look at some of our other farm news next. FFA getting ready to get engaged. Brought to you by Chili Implement in Chile. For those who work in acres. 
not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And courtesy of Chili Implement in Chile, let's take a look at some of the news. Jill, the FFA is getting ready. Yeah, you betcha. The FFA members from all over the country are getting ready for next week's 95th annual convention with a theme, For the Future for All. In preparation for the meeting, the national organization has announced its new national advisor, who will be the group's director of agricultural education and serve as national FFA board chair. That person is Dr. Travis Plank, who is currently a professor of agriculture and human sciences at North Carolina State University. In 1992-93, Park served as national FFA president and taught high school agriculture before receiving his doctorate at the University of Florida. He will take his new job on January 1st. Meanwhile, Cheryl Zimmerman of Spencer, the Wisconsin FFA executive director, has been serving as interim national advisor. The convention will run from October 26th through the 29th in Indianapolis. And we're going to, there's another outbreak of avian influenza that has been identified at, by the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. This latest outbreak was in a backyard flock in St. Croix County. So far this year, the disease has been found in 16 counties across the state. By law, that flock has been depopulated and the facility is now being decontaminated to prevent any spread of the disease. So far, the disease has been found across the state in commercial and backyard flocks as well as the wild bird population. Nationally, over 47 million birds have been destroyed because of the bird flu this year. All right, and hopefully uh, we'll get rid of that stuff as the weather gets colder. Travis Park, I remember that name as a former national FFA president, and uh, now he's coming back to the organization to be national advisor. We'll find out more about what's going on with the upcoming National FFA Convention. Jill's going to talk to Courtney. Courtney Zimmerman, our Wisconsin representative on the national officer team. We'll have that coming up next at WAX. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we're now less than a week away. The granddaddy of the gatherings, as far as the blue and gold is concerned, coming up in Indianapolis. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'll tell you what, our own uh, Joe Welke's got some very personal connections to the activities that are going to be going on uh, this next week at the National FFA Convention down in Indianapolis. Huh, Joe? Absolutely, Pam. I caught up to my niece, Courtney Zimmerman. She's the Central Region Vice President for the National FFA. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. We sat down on the couch. We had a conversation about what she's looking forward to at National Convention and some of her adventures along with what she hopes to do when she's done, which is a little in the air, but boy, she has the possibilities ahead of her. I think the part that I'm looking forward to most of the 95th National FFA Convention is just seeing so many members get together um, and celebrating our success as FFA from this past year. You know, last year everyone was pretty excited because we hadn't been together since 20 or since 2019, yeah, because we skipped 2020. Um, but our convention, we weren't 
quite there at, of all the students that were able to come. And so this year, knowing that students that missed out last year are going to be able to be there and that our in- that our attendance is just going through the roof is really exciting. And so I'm really excited to not only uh, for those students that it's their first time at National Convention, I'm excited for them to experience that. But I'm also excited for maybe those students receiving their American degree or this is their last convention that they'll get to attend. Um, I'm just really excited for what we've been working as a, a national officer team putting together for our sessions and some events that we have going on. Uh, but then also the other parts of convention as well when it comes down to the expo or the shopping mall. So there's a whole lot of opportunities at the upcoming national convention. And I don't know if I could pick out one specifically that I'm most excited for, but I'm really just most excited for getting all these students, alumni, teachers, advisors uh, together in one place in Indianapolis. Can you give me a little insight on some of those special events that are going to be happening? Absolutely. So definitely, like I had mentioned before, um, the a big piece that national officers play into at the national convention is the sessions. And so we will have session 1A and 1B. That's the only session that gets repeated. So if you miss that one, make it to the second. But otherwise, we have... Um, seven sessions that we put together as a team and uh, those are fully chaired by the national officer team so it's pretty exciting and as we've been writing scripts and memorizing there's some pretty awesome content heading those heading your all's way and also being able to award the students during those sessions is really what it's all about uh, whether it's agri-science fair career and leadership development events or students that are receiving proficiency awards uh, just to see so many different individuals receiving national level awards is pretty incredible and so that's why we do what we do is to recognize those students um, but also besides the sessions I definitely highly encourage um, going and checking out the expo hall because there's a whole bunch of student workshops to get involved in uh, like I mentioned the shopping mall if you're anything like me you can't resist a good FFA um, and trust me there's a lot of good options this year uh, so you'll want to check that out as well as the career expo where you can go in and meet with some sponsors donors colleges of FFA and uh, really get to create network and connections with people that you really don't have the opportunity otherwise. Let's swing back over to those sessions. You're kind of in charge of one. What is it, Thursday night? What's going to happen then? Yeah, so Thursday evening, uh, session three, I'll be giving my retiring address. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm also very nervous, but I, um, I think... From the members I've met this year and the supporters I've had along my way, it's less nerves and more of just I'm really excited to be able to see those people um, up there giving my message, sharing um, kind of what I've experienced and what my years look like. And um, I'm just really excited for that because it's the one opportunity that I really just get to share my message and talk to those FFA members. But then also on uh, I'll chair sessions four and six. So session four, I'll be chairing with Eric Robinson, our center or our Southern Region Vice President, excuse me, um, which I'm really looking forward to. And you'll definitely want to get in on that adventure because there's a lot planned. And then session six as well with our National President Colbert Locker. And him and I have a little bit of a party brewing. And so I may have given a hint um, to what those sessions will look like. But those will be the main ones that um, I get to play a pretty big role in. But otherwise, um, we'll all be together working as a team through every session and getting those students recognized and getting those awards spread out across the nation. And these sessions, do you get guidance in putting them together or are these all your brainchild that you get to do? 
So as we start planning our sessions, uh, we do look at years past of how things are structured and when to talk and uh, kind of the length of things, how to plan things out. But otherwise, it's completely up to the session chairs of a theme that you want to take, um, the content that you present to students, the golden thread that you loop through it all. That's completely up to you and your fellow session chair. And so with Eric and Cole, we all have very creative minds. So we've had some pretty fun ideas coming through. Um, I will say some of them did get shut down because they were pretty crazy. But what we are bringing to the stage is a lot of fun and definitely something that you're not going to miss out on. So it's really up to us to pick what we do during these sessions, um, but it, it is really exciting that we get to provide these for students. Well, we're looking forward to National Convention, kind of the culmination of this office. So what have you really experienced, and what are you really feel like you've had the most growth with in this last year? I could say a whole bunch of different ways that I've personally had growth over this year, whether it's through my communication skills, uh, public speaking, um, communicating with students and, and adults, and just the difference between that. But really, at the end of the day, I think um, the most that I have grown has been in how to work with others and the people around you. Because truthfully, yes, we are we can do a lot as individuals, but when you can work strongly in teams, that's when you get the most done. And so whether it was working with my fellow national officer teammates, uh, those at the National FFA Center, or teachers and students across the nation, it was always so important to create those relationships. Because at the end of the day, uh, when I retire from national office, when I hang up my blue jacket, those are the connections that I still have. And those are the people that you know, as weird as it sounds, they give you the leg up in life because you have those experiences and and uh, you get to share some pretty cool moments with those people. And so I think me personally, one of the, the key things that I've taken away from this year and that I see a lot of value in is, yes, we can do a lot as individuals, but when we work together as teams, we see a lot more success um, on both ends of the spectrum. And Appreciating those people, um, spending time with those people, and dedicating uh, parts to them is what what we what we really need to do to be successful. Boy, those young people just grow up so much as uh, state officers, and now Courtney, a national officer, like an Energizer bunny, isn't she? She is. She's amazing. Yeah, and so she'll amaze you at the national convention down there. As uh, her year is about over, and uh, again, it's hard to believe that. Uh, that year is up already. We were so excited when we got Courtney in as a national officer last year. And hopefully Ben Steyer. And you said you had some news about Ben. He's in the top 35. So they have some preliminary things that kind of cut down deals? They do. They do. They spend some time, I believe, down in Texas, is at least what Courtney did last year, getting together and finding out more about each other. Actually, they develop relationships with mm-hmm. other possible national officers so, and I hear he's in the top 35 for the nation so far. Good. So he'll be going down to Indianapolis with a real shot of becoming another national officer from Wisconsin. It's tough to do to get the same state twice in a row, but uh, good people, good kids, that's for sure. So we'll uh, we'll follow that progress. we got to get some market progress. Rocky's going to join us next from Premier Livestock. Let's find out what's going on over at Premier Livestock in the Withy country along Highway 73. Rocky Olson joins us. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. Well, you got uh, got the lot empty now from that last sale? I think we got most of the stuff out. All right. There's always a few pieces, but uh, 
And if they don't pick up soon, they'll be on the next sale. So. <laughs> Well, there you go. There's nothing wrong with that. There's well, always a few of them. Yeah, there certainly are. Say, how's the livestock trading this week? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is our yesterday special feeder cattle auction shaped up here at Premier. Had a really nice run selling almost 1,100 head of feeder cattle. Uh, market was very strong throughout. Uh, most of the new crop beef calves sold from 150 to 215 per pound. Uh, those heavier yearlings from 135 to 177. Uh, most of them, most weights of the Holstein steers brought uh, 115 to 147. Uh, bred beef cows sold mostly from 9 to 14. 1850 bread beef breeding bulls uh, topped out at 1850 today Wednesday uh, 9:30 a.m. we have our hay auction 11 o'clock a.m. dairy cattle auction uh, we are, do have three complete herd dispersals we're expecting over 300 head of dairy cattle today uh, we do have one conventional tie stall herd. Uh, we got two complete dispersals of organic uh, certified dairy cattle, uh, well over 200 organics already listed. Uh, we have one herd of cows uh, with top cows milking up to 100 pounds, uh, Holsteins and Crossbred. That's a very nice herd of cows. Uh, we got uh, also some purebred Holstein breeding bulls, and we got some hard-to-find Fleck V Cross breeding bulls. Full listing with details and pictures on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, give us a call at Premier. 715-229-2500. Uh, auction reminder, machinery auction coming up November 18th. Get that equipment in uh, as soon as you can for best advertising. And, Bob, that's how it shaped up at Premier. Going to have an hour or so to get into the woods at daylight? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> not right. not, hap- not happening. It's uh, almost a weekend warrior. Yeah, I know it. So. I know. That's the way it's getting. Have a good one, Rocky. You too. There you go, it's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. We'll check that weather next. Getting better. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I think the uh, chin strap on your cap can probably stay in the house. I think the wind's going to die down a little bit, warming up just a little bit, and then getting better. That's my subsidy of the weather. Sub. No, synopsis. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I should leave those big words to a meteorologist like Mike Dandria. How you doing, Mike? Good, Bob. How you doing? <laughs> well, that was my synopsis. Any good? Your synopsis was pretty spot on. Now, Bob, I have a question for you. All right. So, uh, Bob and I, we had a, uh, a sort of thing where, what, what word do you like better to describe October through December? I said, hello, thanks, miss. And Bob said, Chris, give a ween. <laughs> I don't. I never thought about it that deeply. To tell you the truth, I never spent a whole lot of time. Uh, just transition is what I call it. See, I'll, I'll defend mine because it goes chronologically. It there goes, go. "Hello, thanks, Miss." Well, that'll happen too. Yeah, but we're not into thanks yet. That's not till November. Oh, we're not into it, but it feels like it today. Well, it does today, but by the weekend, it's going to feel more like. Maybe around Labor Day or something. Yeah, Labor. Hello, thanks. I don't. I don't know. I there you go. I the weather's getting that. better. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, today it'll. Uh, we're obviously starting off very chilly, but we'll get a break from the wind, and we'll have some intervals of clouds and sun throughout the day as we warm up into the mid forties. A few clouds hang around tonight, at least through the first half of the overnight before becoming clear. Lows dipping to around the thirty degree mark. Tomorrow looking like mostly sunny early on. A few clouds start to roll in into the afternoon. Low to mid-50s for highs. More clouds tomorrow night with lows into the upper 30s. Friday, winds shift out of the south, and that's going to make a big difference as we warm up into the mid-60s with a good bit of sunshine. Saturday looks to get into the upper 60s, and by Sunday, possibly into the low 70s. 
but we'll have a few more clouds rolling into the afternoon, and that may bring a few chances at some showers and even a thunderstorm or two. Heading into Monday and Tuesday, our temperatures will start to fall back down. More chances for showers both of those days. Otherwise, mostly cloudy highs on Monday into the low 60s and Tuesday into the low 50s and even some upper 40s. But right now in Eau Claire, mainly clear with a temperature of 25 degrees. Boy, this keeps up in Toma for a few days. They'll be ice fishing. Yeah, I, 16 degrees there, and uh, it it's just cold. We'll just say that much. Yeah, they, that's, that's where they want to make their coffee a lot extra hot. <laughs> I think so. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, Bob. You have a good one. All right, Mike Dandria down there at uh, Skywarn 13. Yeah, down Black River Falls, Toma area. Get down the coolies. gets kind of cool down there. But again, warm it up, and that's a good thing as we look at our weather. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We've got some markets to get to, but let's find out what's going on locally in some of our news activity. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom this morning. Are you excited it's going to warm up? I like it. I think that any time we can creep into those temps this time of year, we embrace it. Oh, that's for sure. It's going to be a nice weekend. Man, oh, man. You know, this is the kind of weekend where it's like when your parents said, this is the last time I'm warning you. It's like Mother <laughs> Nature saying, this is your last warning. Get your outside stuff done. And I plan to do just that, mm-hmm. but not yet. What's going on? Well, with 715 Newsroom headlines, we're going to start locally to us. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We know prosecutors may have to prove where an elderly Altoona man was killed before they can go to trial. With 715 newsroom coverage john demaster looks closer lawyers for the pair accused of killing 79 year old dennis shoddy last spring told the judge yesterday nobody knows for sure where shoddy died so it's not clear where the pair can be tried prosecutors say tracy clark and her boyfriend killed shoddy so they can inherit his house and his car his decapitated body was found in rockford illinois last april I'm John DeMaster. Continuing in the courts with day 12 of the Waukesha Christmas Parade attack trial, seeing the judge remove defendant Jarrell Brooks from the courtroom for the first time since testimony began, sounded like this near the bench. All right, I'm going to um, excuse everyone. Mr. Brooks is being removed from the courtroom. He will continue in the neighboring courtroom. Uh, please make sure he has his objection signed and a pad of paper. So is that, so that he can so is that holding me in contempt? participate, and I will make a ruling when I... And, uh, so are you holding me in out. contempt? Darrow allowed Brooks to return to the courtroom for the continuation of Waukesha Detective Jay Carpenter's testimony about his nearly five-hour interview with Brooks the day following the parade attack. Prosecutors anticipated wrapping up their case today, but it's unclear how long it could take Brooks to present his own defense. Meanwhile, the sheriff in Shawano County says they're interested in finding out what happened, not ticketing people for underage drinking. This goes back to that weekend bonfire that exploded. Yesterday, authorities made it clear they're not looking to punish high schoolers who were likely drinking at that bonfire in the town of Maple Grove. They just don't know what happened to cause that explosion or what was poured onto the fire. As many as 40 people were hurt when that fire exploded. Now, the sheriff's office says it will have open interviews with the Pulaski Police Department today. They want to meet with witnesses and victims. When it comes to PFAS contamination, there's a link. Wisconsin DNR has a new tool on a website to track that information. The goal is to help Wisconsin leaders be able to address PFAS problems and limit exposure. You can find a link to the DNR in that uh, when you make a pit stop first at 715newsroom.com. And pretty soon you'll have the knock at the door for the ghosts and the goblins. But what's the most popular costume that might have your hands out for treats, Mark? Google Trends has released its 2022 Fright Geist that takes a look 
the most searched for costumes in the U.S. And for the second straight year, Witch comes in at number one. Rounding out the top five are Spider-Man, Dinosaur, Stranger Things, and Fairy. On a city-by-city basis, Spider-Man tops the list in Los Angeles and Atlanta, Rabbit hops to the top of Philadelphia's rankings, and in New York City, Fairy is the city's most popular costume. I'm Mark Mayfield. And always dressed and ready to go in the barn, we send it back to Bob Jill in the Midwest Farm Show on Wax, 104.5. You get many kids at your place, you live out in the country. No, mostly my nieces. I keep treats on hand for them, but I always keep the candy handy just in case somebody swings by. And then a lot of quality control to do on that candy. Oh, boy, there (laughs) certainly is. That's for sure. All right. All right. Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And uh, again, more 4-H activities going on in Eau Claire County. And uh, Jill, this is uh, this is kind of a neat one that's been going on for a while now. What's happening? It's getting close. It's called the Field of Screams 2022. It's a haunted trail and barn. And it starts tomorrow night. That's the 20th. It goes from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. But that's the lights on night for the young people and the faint of heart. So maybe that's when you can go. If I remember, I don't remember these things. I keep forgetting (laughs) all the time. But they are going to have a trail of the haunted barn and the lights will be out on the October 21st, 22nd, 27th, 28th, 29th from 7 till 10 p.m. That's on Curview Road in Eau Claire. And there's a little admission but the benefits go to Feed My People, Eau Claire 4-H, and the Warehouse Warriors. All right. And uh, and again, that's uh, out on what highway? Uh, on Curview Road. Curview Road, out uh, out west of Eau Claire. It's Rockin' TR Ranch. Yep, yep. As you go out uh, past the Moose Club and out that way, past uh, as you're heading towards Downsville, it'll be out uh, yep. You yep. Know, on that road. But that's that's where it is. All right, good stuff. Hey, we've got uh, markets to get to, and we'll do that next right here on Wax. Brought to you by Christensen Sales. Auction schedules online at ChristensenSales.com. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 13 minutes before 6 o'clock. 24 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. Choice beef steers and heifers $1.20 to $1.45 with a top of $1.47.5. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers $1.20 to $1.43. High-yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.28 to $1.40. We had a top of $1.46. Choice Holstein steers $1.10 to $1.27. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $1.09 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 75 to 91. We had a top of 92. 60% of the cows sold from 55 to 74. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 54 and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 80 to 92. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 79 and down. Cull bulls sold from 80 to a dollar. We had a top of a dollar eight. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to 125 dollars per head. Light and pork quality calves sold from 50 dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 100 to $320 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, October 21st. We will have 25 black and red Angus cows for this sale. They are bred to registered black Angus bulls. Pictures are available on the website. 
We also have a lot of good beef and Holstein feeders at this sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to the upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Let's get more market information. Head over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. The wind's still blowing over there. Good morning to you, Bob. Uh, yes, it is. And uh, so far, the temperature we have this morning is the coldest of the fall so far here. So we're we're still a little bit ahead of Toma, but 20, 24 is still pretty chilly. Yeah, it is. Very chilly, that's for sure. But getting better by the end of the week. Hey, wrap up uh, the trade so far here through the first two, three days of the week. I'll do that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. And a summary from yesterday, Tuesday, here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out, first of all, with the organic market cows yesterday. And, of course, we do sell organic cows every Tuesday here in Stratford. High-yielding organic cows in yesterday's auction from 87 to a dollar. Lower-yielding organics, 85 and below. Conventional-type market cows yesterday, higher-yielding fleshier Holstein and beef cows, selling mostly from 73 to a top of 85 and a half. Uh, most of the cows so far this week selling from 52 to 72. That covers uh, most of all your average cows and $50 and below on the plainer, lighter, carcass, thinner cows. Uh, we'll have an update on the fed cattle. Uh, we'll sell most of those today. And so now we'll move into the market bulls, conventional-type bulls, mostly from 92 a dollar, lighter bulls below 85. Calf market so far this week, better call the Holstein bull calves, 75 to 150. Uh, on Monday's auction, uh, uh, the better quality bull calves all the way up to 170. Beef calves this week, mostly from 150 to 350, uh, topped at 380 also on Monday's auction. And like I said, we are at Wednesday. We get started this morning around 10 o'clock. Full marketing day today, of course. Uh, market cows, as I mentioned, uh, fed cattle today, and also sheep, hog, and goats, and uh, baby calves. Feeder cattle sale today will be a noontime start, uh, around noon anyway, and we'll get, uh, as part of that feeder sale we will be there are consignments of uh, this year's calves uh, so they will be weaned and castrated uh, so they're along with the yearling feeders and the Holsteins we will have uh, consignments of uh, this year's uh, beef calves so if you're looking for those around noon today here at Equity Stratford and just a reminder our tomorrow auction does start at uh, 11 o'clock full marketing day tomorrow market cattle and baby calves and then Bob if I may on a personal note uh, as a municipal clerk uh, folks it's only three weeks election if you've got absentee ballots out there send those babies in so they don't all come the last week yeah absolutely because <laughs> we don't want to hassle I mean you know I don't know some of these people that still think that last election was fixed are beyond my my thought process but uh, anyway that's uh, I'll make it Make it easier on uh, everybody, yeah. and you know the, yep. especially the post office, because they're going to get a deluge of mail here in the last Boy, three weeks. So. Certainly are. Yep. All right, and uh, thank you. I know you're going to be busy. So, anyway, have a good one, Joe. We'll talk to you in the morning. Bob, stay uh, stay low because you're kind of high profile. You know, the wind <laughs> will hit you first. Absolutely, we've got our cap on lock. Jerry Fitzgerald over at Stratford. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Tenor Mark is brought to you by Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland. Board of Trade down yesterday and overnight. December corn down a fraction at 680. The oats at 390. December wheat up a nickel, 854. November beans overnight down three at 1368. 
the summer meal down a dime at $401.70. Country elevator prices. Doomer's grain of Holman, corn's at six and a quarter with soybeans at twelve eighty nine. Wheat and grain Chippewa Falls, Connorsville location, corn's at six twenty, and soybeans are at twelve ninety nine. On the DTM screen, golden plump corn today, six forty a bushel at Baldwin, six twenty five and twelve eighty four. Duran, six fifteen and twelve seventy four at Mondovi, the corn six twenty five, beans twelve eighty four. Elmwood has corn at six and a quarter. Their beans at twelve eighty nine. Fall Creek six ten and twelve forty nine. Osseo corn six thirty. Beans twelve eighty nine. And Elk Mound the soybeans are twelve eighty nine today. In Sparta six twenty two on the corn. Twelve eighty four on the beans. Ellsworth six oh five and twelve thirty four on the soybeans. Ethanol plants at Boyceville corn six thirty. Stanley six twenty nine. New Richmond six twenty seven. Barrel cheese a penny higher at two nineteen. Blocks unchanged two oh five. Butter up three and a quarter to three twenty a pound. October class three down two at twenty one seventy four. November up fourteen at twenty seventy. December down fourteen at nineteen seventy one. January down twenty at nineteen sixty. February down twenty one at nineteen seventy five. And don't forget today is the last day again to vote for H and S Manufacturing's new Loadmaster two X harvesting dump cart. Vote for it as the coolest thing made in Wisconsin competition wraps up today. You can go to madeinwis.com or link at the H&S Facebook page and Instagram pages. So get the vote in. Let's uh, make the coolest thing in Wisconsin something from agriculture. 44, not as windy today, partly sunny, a little better than yesterday. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadak. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.